Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Skies in the Skies Broadcasting live To billions of people Camels on the streets Tracking who we meet And call this liberty somewhere 
Okay, was I off the air again? Sam, can you hear me? Okay, I think that uh, I think that I just uh, clocked back in. <clears throat> okay, did you hear me in the beginning? Uh, I see Ed in the chat room. In the, uh, chat room. Did you hear me in the beginning doing the welcoming? Yeah, we got you, Mike. You're on. Okay. All right. I didn't know if uh, uh, if something happened again or uh, I I still haven't figured out what I'm going to do with uh, with the radio show, where I'm going to take it, or what I'm going to do with it. But uh, I've got to the point now where I'm just expecting things to go wrong. Anyway, you've got uh, you've got folks that. Uh, that are living their lives uh, like they're sleepwalking. And the example I was going to give is uh, like when you you know when you've driven somewhere, maybe you're you're drive to work or, or home from work or something like that, and you've driven it so many times that a lot of times you'll get in the car and you'll be thinking about something or doing something else, and the next thing you know you're you're at home and you don't really remember the trip or somebody will say. Hey, did you notice the so-and-so's was open? And you go, I don't have no idea if they were or not. And they say, well, that's, that's the only store on the road. It's all woods the rest of the way. You don't know if it was even passed by it and noticed that it was open? Nope, sure didn't. And that's what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not, talking, I'm not saying that, uh, that if that happens to you, that you're, some kind of, uh, uh, that you're in some kind of state of being uh, one of the undead. I'm just saying that you can apply that same that same type of experience to your whole life. So many people get up in the morning and they get their cup of coffee and they fix it exactly the same way. And it's not hard because uh, they're doing it from muscle memory usually. They're still halfway asleep. And they make the coffee. And, uh, and you see the jokes all the time about people like going in to get the coffee and... Uh, and they forgot to get the, the cup, but they're standing with their fingers curled like around an imaginary cup, and they're holding it under the coffee machine, and, and it's just going down into the drain because they don't really have a coffee cup. So they're asleep. They thought they did, but they didn't. And that's what I'm talking about with people today, the way that they're living their lives. You've got folks that they're living their lives. They're actually there in their in their body is there anyway, and they're living their lives, but they're asleep. They're living their lives asleep, and that's very, very dangerous because if you are, if you're one of the undead or a somnobulist, then then nothing really matters to you, right? If you're one of the undead, the only thing that matters to you is a shuffling along uh, as long as you have an open pathway because if there's anything that's uh, over two or three inches high, you, you can't go over it, right? You can't put your legs up. you got to shuffle. You're a zombie. you got to shuffle. And uh, so you have to find out, figure out some way to walk around that. Uh, if you're a sleepwalker, uh, you're, you're, you're kind of doing the same thing you may even get up and be uh, and be to what you think is making coffee in your bedroom, 
Or you may get up and you think just you're in the bathroom, but you're in your closet uh, peeing into your sock drawer. That's what. That's the way somnambulists live their lives. And a good number of us are doing that. And and we've gotten into a rut. <clears throat> we We want to do the right things. We want to figure it out. And we keep saying, okay, well, you're right. We'll do that. I got to do it. I got to, I got to remember to do that. I'm going to get, I'm going to do that. Someday I'm going to get that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to figure that out. And that's how we do it. That's how we do it. And of course, everybody knows someday is a, is a mythical, uh, a mythical land far, far away. So, uh, how are we going to fix this? Because this is very dangerous. The world is spinning around. It's the world is flowing over us, and we're not paying attention to it. We're not understanding what's happening to us, and things are going on that we should be stopping, but we're not. We've got to figure out some way to fix that. Okay. I told you guys before that the whole reason I do a a uh, a live show, a call-in show, is so that you can call in, right? Uh, you can call in and you can get your opinions and you can express them over the air. And uh, and that's what I want you to do. It's the call-in number is three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. I want you guys to call in and give me your opinions on this, and, to, and let's figure out a way to fix this. I don't want I don't want you to sit here and talk. Believe me, you don't want that either. Okay. Uh, because there's a lot of times when I'm, I over-talk stuff. Uh, I remember going to a uh, an event last year, maybe it was a couple of years ago, and uh, and one of the folks had made a comment to one of the other instructors there, and he told me, he said, yeah, so-and-so said, uh, that guy Scout sure likes to uh, hear himself talk. And the reality is he couldn't be more wrong. Because I've listened to myself. I've got the, the radio show recorded. I've listened to myself, and I've heard myself talk, and it drives me insane. The reason that I usually over-talk things, like at Appleseed, and sometimes here on the radio, too, is because I keep thinking maybe maybe I'm just not saying it the right way. Maybe, maybe I, if I said it in a different way, it would get through to folks, and they would understand it better. So let me try. I'm going to say it this way and see if the folks get it this way because this is important. And plenty of times, uh, plenty of times I I go a little bit overboard, but I got to tell you, I, I think it is very important that that we're not letting the things flow by us and over our heads and and under our feet yeah, until we end up. With a with a country that we don't even recognize, all right. Like I said, 
I'm going to, I want you guys to call in. I want your opinions. I want you talking on the air. I don't want to be the only one doing this. Number 347-308-8790. All right, uh, we've got Richard from uh, Baton Rouge uh, on the line. Richard, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. Um, It brings to mind the John Carpenter film, They Live, in which we're constantly being, you know, I'm on the phone, we're constantly being, uh, you know, uh, you know, subliminally, you know, given images that say, you know, don't react, you know, you know, keep on going about your lives like nothing's wrong. And, you know, it just, uh, it just makes me tired, so tired that. Richard, you there? Dog it. Okay, he popped off. Uh, Sam, when he comes up, uh, be sure and uh, be sure and put him through again. And I know the the film he's talking about. They live. Now I remember I remember seeing it a few years ago, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is. Uh, I think I was in one of those trapped areas where nothing else was on, or something, and the show came on. And I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be tortured for two hours now, and. Uh, and the show was actually very good. And once again, you know, it's a, uh, just like The Walking Dead, it's an analogy for what's going on in folks' lives right now. And, you know, when you, we have these uh, thousands of things that we're bombarded with every day. Uh, the the amount of media, the amount of information that, that we have streaming in at us is is just is unbelievable. And then we have so many things in our lives that we that we feel are important and that uh, that need to take precedence uh, over a lot of other things. But when you watch these shows, you watch something like The Walking Dead or something like that, and the the characters there, they very quickly, uh, everything gets stripped away. Everything gets boiled down to its very essence, and that's just staying alive. And you begin to realize uh, how many of the things that you're doing that are superfluous things, it's fluff, it's chafe, and you don't really need it in your life. But it's there. There's no good way to get rid of it unless there's a zombie apocalypse. Until then, it's like a uh, it's like a huge uh, stack to the ceiling garage, right? That's uh, almost uncleanable. You know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, uh, I hope that maybe if I'm lucky, that place will catch fire and burn down, uh, because there's no good way to tackle that problem, right? And that's the same thing with us in our lives. In uh, in the movie they live, you had uh, uh, I believe that uh, if you wore these these special glasses, you could actually see what was going on. And all of the billboards actually had uh, uh, had messages, you know, state-sponsored messages on them, like conform. Uh, uh, and uh, and people didn't realize that they were seeing it. Well, it's the same thing with us. 
I don't think that there's any uh, any alien technology that is uh, uh, that is spinning this up. I think it's uh, and I don't think it's needed. I think that that most Americans are so ready uh, are so overloaded that they're going to to take the path of least resistance, and that is uh, just going along, get along. And uh, you know we've talked uh, on the show many times about the things that the things that, in a perfect world, the things that you could do. But it doesn't have to be a perfect world. There's still a lot of things that you can do. Like, number one, don't just suck down the pablum that uh, mainstream media is sending your way. And when I say mainstream media, I'm talking about all of mainstream media. I'm talking about Fox, too. Don't think that just because it comes from Fox, it's any better or any more reliable than uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, any of those guys. Fox has, has the same agenda, and that is to sell advertising. That's what uh, the news companies do now. They sell advertising. In order to sell advertising, you have to have a bunch of clients. So you you have to put on the stuff that's, uh, that's a big draw, you have to sensationalize things uh, in order to get the viewership so that you can count those numbers and then sell your advertising according to the number of viewers you have. So I'm not saying that everything that uh, everybody says is a lie. I'll say it's pretty dang close. And uh, and I'm not saying that everything Fox says is a lie. But I'll tell you this. They're, they're no better than the other stations uh, when it comes to sensationalizing things uh, and stretching the truth and spinning yarns. Uh, You're going to get the same thing from them. You have to seek out the information uh, in other ways. And we're talking to, uh, uh, last week, uh, we're talking to, uh, I can't remember his name now. Sam remember his name, the... uh, the guy from uh, uh, Gunfire Cast, uh, I believe it was, I can't remember if it was Daniel. <clears throat> anyway, he uh, he and I were talking about this, and because I was saying media, I just kept saying media instead of mainstream media. And, of course, uh, I am part of the media now uh, with the show that's being broadcast, and so is he. But I'm talking about mainstream media. I'm not taking what they say uh, without verifying it uh, or researching it. Go to the – everybody has the Internet now. And even if you don't have a computer, you can go to the library. You can get on the library computer and read there. Research the things that are going on. Find out what's going on in this nation. Find out what's going on in the countries around you. America has to be one of the the least educated about anything that happens beyond our borders. It's it's absolutely a joke. The difference between the way Americans uh, how their knowledge of the world ends uh, at our borders. Now, of course, you know we're we're a large country and we're semi isolated. I mean, we've got uh, Canada to the north and Mexico to the south. But nobody to the east and west, and we don't have uh, uh, 15 or 20 other countries 
that we can jump in the car and drive through two or three countries in a day, like in Europe. Uh, America is one solid big chunk, semi-isolated, and and a lot of Americans, their their understanding of the world stops at our borders. And this is not a good thing because people need to realize that that the world is a very dangerous place. If you go to, uh, if you... If you Google North Korean uh, school education, then you're going to come up with uh, millions of documents, but you're going to come up with uh, also videos that show you how the North Koreans are taught from day one that America is their enemy. America is their enemy, and they are taught that to hate America from day one. Uh, so are kids in the Middle East. Uh, if you see some of the folks, uh, uh, it will blow your mind to see the the kids in elementary schools. Uh, they're all wearing, like, uniforms. And what it turns out is all those uniforms that they're wearing are suicide bombing uniforms. And it's been glorified there along with a huge dose dose of hate for the great Satan, the hate for America. And uh, I don't think that people understand this. I don't think they understand uh, how much anger, how much hate there is toward our nation from a lot of other countries. And uh, I think that Americans would do well to, to educate themselves on this. But even if you don't want to do that, at least make sure that you're educating yourself on what's going on in your own nation. What's going on in, in your your community? What's going on in your community? What is going on with, uh, with upcoming elections? Who feels what way about what? Who's going to best serve your needs? Uh, a lot of folks... Uh, I see this all the time, and people joke about it. They laugh about it when they get there. <clears throat> Where are you going? Well, I'm on the way to vote. And this is even, these are like the good people, the folks that are actually heading not to vote. I'm on my way to vote. Uh, who are you voting for? Uh, you know, I still don't know. I guess I'm going to guess I'm gonna decide when I get in there. Uh, what about the uh, uh, the school bond election, or what about the Proposition XYZ? Mm, man, I don't know. I guess I'll have to to try and read it and figure it out when I get in there. That is certainly dangerous. That is very dangerous. <clears throat> you can uh, you can cut out a block of ten minutes. Let's see what. Cut out a block of thirty minutes. Cut out one of the thirty-minute sitcoms that you normally listen to, and instead plug in thirty minutes of web surfing to educate yourself on what's going on uh, in your own backyard, in your community, uh, in your county, in your state. Have any of you guys uh, talked to your sheriffs about the constitutional uh, 
Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Have any of you guys uh, uh, dug around to find out what your sheriffs are going to do uh, about enforcing unconstitutional laws? Uh, I think that's pretty important, and I know that you think it is too, but have you done anything about it? I sure would like to hear from somebody who has uh, either talked to their reps or talked to their county sheriffs about this. And remember, guys, like I said, uh, let's see. Let's show that I've got. Uh, so that I've got callers, but they, but I've got callers who have been dropping. I don't know. I guess suppose that's because of blog talk. But listen. Uh, I would like for some of you guys who have talked to your county sheriffs or talked to your reps about this to call in and tell me what they said. 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. If you talk to your sheriffs uh, or to uh, the, any of the law enforcement in your community, I'd like to hear what they have to say about this because <clears throat> there are a great number of uh, county sheriffs who are the highest law enforcement officers uh, in the nation, in, in your county in the nation, uh, who have decided that they are not going to enforce unconstitutional laws. Have any of you guys out there talked to uh, any of your sheriff's departments and found out what they're going to do? Because I would like to, I'd like to hear what what they're saying. I'd like to hear what they what they say that they're going to do. Uh, I've got a batch of stuff that I'm dropping off this week uh, at the sheriff's office here locally, and uh, and I'll tell you what they say about this. Now, I've already I already went uh, two years ago, and I got a really kind of a cool reception at the time. Uh, number one, I was uh, uh, I was not law enforcement, and uh, Number two, I think uh, this is like I said, this was two years ago. Uh, I think that this concept was one that was pretty new, and it seemed very radical at the time because folks folks weren't reading to see what it was. They were just they were just hearing talk about sheriffs resisting federal uh, unconstitutional laws. <clears throat> But uh, I'll tell you what they say this week when I go by there. But I would like to hear what you guys uh, have heard from your local counties. Yeah, even if you haven't talked to anybody, uh, if you know what your local county is, uh, what their stance is on this, I'd like you to call in and let the rest of us know. 347-308-8790. Or if you've talked to any... Uh, law enforcement or military, and and uh, you don't you don't need to use anybody's names on here. But if you talk to any law enforcement or military, I'd like to uh, I'd like for you to tell us what they have said about what they're going to do about this. Now I'm sure that because of all of the uh, because of all of the interest in this and all of the hubbub that uh, that there's going to be something, some kind of movement on it 
pretty soon. And uh, they've already done some things like eliminate county sheriffs uh, in, uh, in, I think, uh, two of the states now. Sam, do you have something you want to add to that? Well, I was going to say that I spoke with our county sheriff. Uh, I invited him to a, one of our meetings last month to get his position on that because it was quite a stink, and the state association of sheriffs had gotten together, and one of their spokesmen put out a position that sounded like they weren't going to support the Constitution very much. I spoke with our sheriff, and he's quite adamant that he supports the Constitution, but I took the trouble to ask him, whose version of the Constitution are you supporting? Because the Constitution doesn't always say what we think it says. And simply because we have read and can understand the words shall not be infringed does not mean that the courts and the sheriffs see it the same way. So you really need to pin down that sheriff to more than just I'll do what the Constitution says. Find out whose interpretation of the Constitution he's paying attention to. Well, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, you know, I was reading a uh, an article about this, and uh, I'll let Sam talk in just a minute so that uh, so I can dig out and find it for you. Because you guys know me, the minute that uh, the minute I start typing or something, that's it, I'm gone. But uh, it brought up a lot of good points about this, and uh, and I'm gonna find it here. And Sam's going to. Uh, He's going to fill your ears while I'm while I'm finding this because I want you guys to uh, to hear this. Well, while scouts looking for that, I'll tell you that uh, a very small board that I deal with is full of famous and infamous gun writers and lawyers and me, and we discuss some of these things kind of roughly. And I was put onto an article in the. Wall Street Journal yesterday that reminded us uh, in in pretty clear terms that we tend to look at like we won a lot on the Second Amendment with the Heller and McDonald decisions. And we have, but the court has held that uh, even though it is an individual right, the state has a right to infringe. Somewhere the, the Supreme Court is seeing this legal infringement that we don't care to recognize. And Heller and McDonald don't hardly make the Second Amendment settled law in America. Now, there are a lot of people out there that would love to do away with the Second Amendment or modify it in such a way as to keep us from having our rights stay as established as they are. We can't sit back on our laurels because because of Heller and McDonald. We need to press this issue, this fight in the courts. We need to not stand by and allow it to lull us into a sense of false security. It may take an entire generation for Heller and McDonald to become settled law and if we sit back on our laurels and think that it already is we can lose a lot 
in a couple of minutes I'll post a link to that article on the chat board, and I invite you all to take a read at it at your leisure. Uh, you're going to find that the fight is far from over. You need to be in intimate contact with those uh, senators and representatives, your state senators and representatives. We sat back on our laurels here in New Mexico and thought, well, this local assault weapon ban and more intensive background check business is going to go bye-bye. It didn't happen. It made it out of committee, got voted through by the state house, and our illustrious, highly conservative governor, Susanna Martinez, says she's going to sign it. That's in New Mexico, a place where people wander around with guns all the time, and they're not uh, unusual to see. So you need to start thinking about where your senators well, and congressmen really are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because as you said, there's a lot of people that uh, a lot of people that, that they read it different ways. And uh, one of the things that I'd like to point out is that, uh, and we've mentioned this uh, on the show quite a few times, and a lot of our guests have. But the the Constitution does not give us our rights, and especially not uh, not things like uh, the Second Amendment, uh, Amendment, the right to to bear arms. Uh, and if you read it, you can understand very easily. I think the uh, the, the meaning or or the situation because the first of all the Constitution and the Bill of Rights don't give rights right they're just enumerating they're just telling you what the rights are and when you talk about the Second Amendment it says this right before it ever lists it it says this right shall not be infringed so what it is what it's saying is that there is already a right in place before you ever get to the Constitution of the Bill of Rights, there's already a right in place. And that right is is put in place by uh, by either a, a higher power or by the universe itself. And that is the right to defend yourself, the right to defend your life and your loved one's life. This isn't a right that uh, we are being given by the government. And that's very important because people say this all the time. I uh, I'm, I'm exercising my right that's given to me by the Constitution. That right is not given to you by the Constitution or given to you by the government. And that's a very dangerous way to think of it because if you if you were of a mind that the government is giving you something, that the government is creating a right and giving it to you, then you are also accepting the fact that that government can then take away that right that it created and gave to you. And that right was already in existence before there was a government, before there were, uh, before there was uh, woven cotton, uh, before there, there were uh, cars or horses and buggies or shoes even. You have that right to defend yourself. You have a right not to be uh, killed by someone else. And if you have that right, that means that you have the right 
to defend yourself uh, against somebody doing you doing you harm. And if if they are uh, if they are a person uh, that has a knife or a club or an axe or a gun, then you have a right to defend yourself uh, in whatever it takes, whatever fashion it takes, in order to save your life. And if that's a gun, then that's a gun. Now, you could look at it, uh, you could look at it in in the way that the government thinks about it if you wanted to. And that, that also brings to mind something that's, uh, that's kind of funny, too, because uh, if you listen to uh, our president giving the State of the Union, and i got to tell you, uh, I'm not going to say anything uh, anything other than uh, I've been here for for half a century. And during that half a century, I've seen a lot of presidents. I've heard a lot of presidents getting uh, up in their pulpit and talking. But one thing I have never heard is somebody that uh, gave a State of the Union that was filled with eyes and knees. I was trying to count it, and I lost track of about 35 eyes. And I, I just, I don't understand that. I mean, uh, how can you, uh, how can that How can that be? He, uh, he's giving a speech, and, he, and everything that he says rolls back on him. Because I believe in his mind, he is the source of all good. He's the source of all good that uh, that is coming to the nation. And I think that in a lot of cases, he really believes that. I think he really does believe it. <clears throat> but if you listen to it, then you would hear you would you would hear uh, President Obama talking about people have the right. They have the right to to health care. They have a right to health care. And because they have that right, then the government is going, if they can't do it, the government is going to pay for it for them. So if you think about this as in, in a reverse right like that, then you could think about the Second Amendment in the same way, uh, that you have, uh, say, say my wife has to drive on a long, lonely road uh, all by herself to to pick up the kids from school and bring them home every day. And and she has a right to defend herself. She has a right, but... Uh, and she has a right to defend herself with a gun, but maybe she can't afford one. And if she can't afford a gun, then in the same way that you have a right to health care, and if you can't afford it, it will be provided for you, then maybe the government should start buying firearms for people, all right? I know it sounds crazy, but let's just think about that for a minute. Maybe the government should start paying for firearms for people. If they have a right to a phone, if they have a right to Internet connection, if they have a right to a satellite TV, then uh, and and if they can't afford it, the government's going to pay for it for them. They're going to take 
uh, our tax money, which they collect at the point of a gun, and they are going to buy phones and internet connections and everything else and health care for people who can't afford it. Well, if you have a basic right to life and to the defense of your life, and you can't afford a firearm, then it certainly logically falls into place that the government should be buying one for you. Right? I mean, just think about that for a minute. Now, I know that uh, that President Obama said that the government is going to going to start investing in uh, businesses. And all I've got to say about that is the same thing that I just said about about the money they were getting to give to people for the Obama phones and and internet access and cable TV access and just about everything you can imagine. Uh, you know, my wife uh, is a Judge Judy uh, junkie, and almost every time you see some of those folks in there that uh, that are are there in court. And she'll ask him, what do you do? Uh, I don't do anything. Um, the government is supporting me, so SSI. Why? Why is it supporting you? Because uh, because I get nervous, so I can't work. Uh, well, what about your uh, what about your your parents? Well, they're on disability too. And what about your kids? Uh, they're on SSI too. And uh, and nobody is working in that home. Nobody is working in that home because they're all on the government's roles. And and this is happening all over. And the government is taking the money. Now, he's talking about the government is going to have to start investing in uh, in businesses and small business. And my, my reply to that is why? Why is the government doing this? It's not the government's role to do this. It's not the government's role to gather money and then to take it and put it into uh, into small businesses. Uh, and and the thing that upsets me about that is, once again, the government is doing this at the point of a gun. They're taking your money at the point of a gun. Now, that sounds uh, a little bit dramatic, doesn't it? And you say, well, obviously they're not taking the, their money at the point of a gun. I, you know, I fill out the... the uh, uh, the tax forms, and I and I enclose a check and send it in. That's right, you do. But if you didn't, for some reason, if you didn't, I guarantee you, they would be at your house, and it would end up at the point of a gun that they would take the money. 
they're going to take this money, and now they're going to invest it in small business. And i got to ask the question, too, why? This isn't their job. That's not what they were meant to do. And the last thing I want uh, is investment advice from the government. Uh, I think if you ask them, if you said, look, I'll, 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 I'll make this investment that you're asking, if you, all you have to do is point to one single project that you have ramrodded that is successful. And remember, guys, I'm not talking about uh, Democrats or Republicans. I'm, I'm talking about government. Okay, just like Apple talks about the weather and climate. I'm talking about the government uh, as one entity. Uh, I'd like the government to point to a single project that it has ramrodded that it can say this was a success. Better yet, how about this? Let's have the government leave us be. Leave us be. Let us start and run successful or unsuccessful companies on our own. Let the chips fall where they may. Let the cream rise to the top. No more handouts. No more bailouts. Let the chips fall where they may. The government get out of the business of investing in things with our money. That's what private sector investment is for. That's what buying stocks and bonds are for. All right. Uh, Once again, guys, the whole reason that I'm doing this, unless you just want to sit here and listen to me uh, rant about this, then I would suggest that you call in and... uh, and give me the things that you want to talk about or you want to say, and uh, and we'll talk about them. 347-308-8790. The, uh, <clears throat> the government has become... Uh, like a hydra. It's like a huge uh, million-headed hydra. And it's like a virus that's infecting uh, everything in our lives. Everything we go through in our daily lives is now infected with the government. Everything you do, everything you touch there, the government is has its hands in everything, everywhere. It's not the job of the government to do this. Uh, Okay, we've got got another caller here. We'll just go ahead and and put them on. Uh He he took off, didn't he? all right, uh, 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's with these folks. Are they shy tonight, Scout? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, like I said, I, I, we don't. I, I will just sit here and rant about it. But that's going to get boring. So you guys, uh, uh, I, I would. And I, I've already asked some questions on things I'd like to hear. And Sam, of course, he responded with it. And that one of the one thing that I wanted you guys to call in about was uh, if you talk to your local law enforcement about this, or really anybody, if you talk to your reps about it, your state reps or your uh, uh, national reps, or if you talk to local law enforcement about it, because I'd like to hear what the what the temperature is on this in your local areas, because I, that's important. It's important to know. What's going to happen, or how things are going to be, how things are going to go down, uh, in the case of the government trying to circumvent the Constitution and enforce laws which are in contradiction to the Constitution? Now, I know that there was a, uh, a letter from one of the South Carolina. Uh, I don't remember who, which county it was, but one of the counties. There was an open letter from the Attorney General who was uh, talking about how he was not going to, uh, he was not going to let, or he was advising the law enforcement not to get between the government and the things that they were going to do. That the government uh, had an already established uh, right uh, to supersede the states, uh, which, which I certainly don't believe at all. But he believes that, and because the Attorney General has already written this open letter, then that's a very uh, strong uh, indication of how things are going to be handled to come before it. That means that if you were a county sheriff and you did not have the backing of the Attorney General, then he may decide to prosecute you. And, uh, And we hope that folks are strong enough or determined enough that they're willing to risk that. But you know what? You know, we're talking about one guy. We're talking about one guy with a family to feed and possibility of going to jail. That's a pretty tough thing to think about. It's a pretty tough position to put yourself in and be all in your all lonely out there at the end of the point of the spear. Knowing that your attorney general is not going to back you up is is in a rough position. <clears throat> I think that uh, I think that it would certainly uh, behoove us as as citizens <clears throat> to ensure that our law enforcement has already thought about what they're going to do. And that was the whole point of our discussion uh, a couple of weeks ago with. Uh, with Stuart Rhodes from Oath Keepers, and and of course the 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 question always comes up, which is what is what is Oath Keepers doing that is an active uh, program other than getting people to sign their names on a list? And uh, believe me, I actually thought the the same way. Uh, in the beginning, because I was thinking that's nice. So what they're doing is great. I'm all for it. But I want to stay 
with a program that had an active mission, like Appleseed. And I still do. I still do run, uh, push the active mission of Appleseed. I always will. But the thing that uh, Stuart and those keepers are doing that is an active thing isn't the the uh, isn't the ceremony of signing the person's name or taking the oath and signing the name. It's not the physical part of it there. It's the mental part of it. It's like the 4A and 4B. Uh, the physical part is the person giving the pleasure, giving the oath, which is their 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 oath, which they've already given as law enforcement, and that is, uh, or military, and that is to uh, defend our rights, defend the Constitution of the United States, <clears throat> The physical part of them giving their oath and signing the pledge, okay? But the middle part, the middle part is making them think about it beforehand, making them think about what they're going to do if something like that happens. Because I can tell you, I can tell you that it's no different. It's no different than. Then say you're a concealed carry uh, permit holder, and you are carrying uh, your firearm, and and then all of a sudden you're in a situation. You walk into a store, and you're in a situation where the the bad guy has uh, you're in the back of the store, and the bad guy has his gun on the clerk, and he's telling him he's going to kill him. He's going to kill him if he doesn't give him the money. And the clerk says, I, I can't open the safe. And the guy says, then I'm going to kill you. I'm going to count to three, then I'm going to kill you. What are you going to do? You're there in the store. He, doesn't, he can't see you, but you're there. you got your gun. You can take it out. You can have it in your hand pointing at him before he knows anything. And uh, if need be, but we without warning, and I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just saying you could that something like this could happen. You could shoot the person without any warning. You could just uh, draw your your weapon and fire without any warning. And that would be that would. Uh, well, I'm not gonna tell you it's gonna be a righteous shooting, because once again, it doesn't matter what what anybody tells you. Anytime you do anything like that, you have to go before a grand jury or something, uh, you're rolling the dice, right? But you have a responsibility to your fellow man to do something. But here's the, here's the hard part about this, is that if you have not thought about this beforehand, if you have not thought about this in your mind and made the decision on what you're going to do, then you may not make the right decision. Or by the time by the time you get to the decision to to take your firearm out of its concealed position and do something, bang! He's already shot and killed the guy. So even if you shoot him now, doesn't do the guy that got killed any 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 good uh, other than than retribution, which he doesn't know anything about anyway, <clears throat> because he's dead. So my point is, if you haven't thought about what you're going to do beforehand. 
waiting until until something happens for you to figure it out isn't that great of an idea. <clears throat> As a concealed uh as a licensed concealed carry person, if you're gonna go places with your firearm on you, I think that you should have already thought about what you're gonna do when a situation like this comes up. And listen, I'm not telling you to do anything one way or the other. You're either a person that's going to do something or you're not. Uh, Whenever you hear the the robbery going down, you may be the person that that backs up into a corner and hunkers down and calls 911, and you make sure that you take a good look at the, uh, the person's face and how tall they are, what they're wearing, all that kind of stuff, so that you can be a good witness. And if that's what you can do, then that's what you can do. But if you haven't thought about it beforehand, then then you need to then you're gonna get you're gonna get to a bad place. So you have to think about it beforehand. You have to think, all right, so I come to the store and I see this, here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna set everything down. I'm gonna go into uh to draw my weapon. I'm going to be taking aim at the person as I'm moving forward. I'm going to stay out of his line of sight. Uh, I'm going to stay on his uh, 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 on his weak side, and I'm moving to position. And uh, I'm going to yell out to drop it. And if the firearm starts uh, traversing toward me, I'm going to pop him uh, three, four, five times until he's down. I'm going to make sure that when I'm moving up to into position to do this, that I'm clearing uh, my line of fire. That I'm I'm making sure that I'm not going to be there, so that if I that I'm in a direct straight line that runs from me to the robber to the clerk. I'm going to make sure that that I have my angles figured out, so that I'm, I'm the clerk is going to be safe on a on a uh, on a through and through shot or other people in the store, whatever. These are the things that you're going to figure out beforehand. Here's what I'm going to do. So that when it happens, you don't have to think about it. You immediately go into action. You immediately do it. That's what I'm talking about, that that's what Stuart's doing. He's putting this idea into the minds of folks, and uh, and they are thinking about it. And I'm sure most of them are thinking about it. Uh, once this thought goes into your head, it's an active thought. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to try and, and reach out and access it and try and figure it out uh, or try to drag it out to think about it. Every time you hear something on the radio or on TV or in the memo that looks like it is going against. Uh, Constitutional law. Well, it looks like Scout got cut off here. Had one of those little burps on the air. What he was talking about was every time you spot something that you think is unconstitutional, you need to call on it. You need to call those congressmen, those senators, 
and you make sure you let them know what you think constitutional is, because that's our constitution, a limit on them, not their constitution, rules for us to go by. So you need to get involved, stay involved, make the calls, no matter how futile it seems, no matter how bad it thinks you're banging your head on the wall, you need to be out there every day, sending that little 37-cent postcard, making that phone call. You've got all those unlimited airtime minutes. Use them for something besides talking with your girlfriend or trying to scrounge ammunition. Get on the phone. Call that Congress critter. Call that editor of the local newspaper and tell him, hey, are you going to cover this story where we're being robbed of our rights, our God-given constitutionally protected rights? You need to be in there. I see we got Scout back on. I'll let him put his dime's worth in now. <laughs> well, you're doing a great job. The uh, uh, I'm going to mention, I'm just going to get going on. I don't know why they're... Why they keep dropping me? We got a caller on though uh, who wants to talk, uh, and this is uh, Callan. Callan, welcome to the yeah. show. Yeah. Hey, Scout. Yeah, I'll call in. Hey. Um, I've, I've been calling pretty regularly. I'd like to give other folks a chance, but you know, I really want to talk a little more about what Sam had to say. I completely agree that not all of these uh, statements from various law enforcement departments, typically sheriffs' departments or sheriffs' organizations are the same, and I've read a number of them, if, if not all of them, that I can that I can ferret out online, and there's an awful lot of doublespeak in those things, you know. And uh, I think it is essential to, to ask them specific questions to, uh, to find out, you know, where they stand. You know, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're already, uh, quote-unquote, supporting and enforcing unconstitutional infringements on gun rights. They have been since 1934. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's what um, Sheriff Max says, and uh, I agree with him. So what uh, what makes us think that this is going to be any different here in the future? <laughs> you know? Well, I think one of the things that's different is just that they that they are finally waking up. Because if you listen to Sheriff Max, you hear him uh, uh, talk about his history and how he got involved in what he's doing and how he became uh, representative for sheriffs is he was just uh, he was just a, a uh, uh, one of the law enforcement officers uh, uh, tapped to do the duty of backing up the uh, feds when they were going to try and push uh, unconstitutional laws and the majority of the folks that were sitting there didn't like it uh, I think he said that almost all of none of them uh, liked it, but they all just kind of shook their heads. They well, you know, I guess they'll we'll have to do what, want to do what they're saying, uh, except for Sheriff Matt. He said, no, I, we're not going to do this. I'm not going to do it. They fought it. They got all in the Supreme Court. He won. That's why there's not uh, Brady two and Brady three and Brady four, because Sheriff Matt said that uh, that they had the the continuing. Uh, series of Brady laws, I think all the way up to either 7 or 11 or something like that, and uh, and they were stopped. They were stopped in their tracks by him. So, so getting get, getting the sheriffs to think about it 
uh, is one of the things that we need to do, uh, that we can do, that we need to do, is make sure that, uh, that it's going to be for them. You can get the information from the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers uh, uh, Organization, and uh, I would just... Uh, I would uh, download the information or just send it in the email to the to the uh, sheriff's department. Uh, you can look up your sheriff's department. There's an email usually for for the majority of them for the sheriff himself, and uh, send him the email asking if he'll read it. Right. Um, one historical event that I find relevant to this discussion is the Nuremberg trials. Uh, the the trials held that uh, the Gestapo, the SS, other members of the Third Reich. Um, were were um, criminal in not exercising their own judgment, in simply following orders, doing their job. You know, the problem with those findings is, for some reason or other, our society has forgotten that result of the Nuremberg trials. And uh, I think that's a, a very relevant uh, piece of history, as, as is some other rhetorical questions that that arise, I've mentioned one of them here on the show in the past, you know, um, uh, you know, had the Jews held the means to fire on the, uh, the SS and the, and the uh, Gestapo, the Nazis that were lawfully dispatched to round them up, should they have? Should Japanese Americans have done so under the American Franklin Delano Roosevelt regime of World War II when they were rounded up and put in internment camps? Well, right, I think that's one of the things that people don't... Uh... And a lot of people don't realize or they don't think about it is when they think about this, they, they think about their rights uh, being uh, rock solid and that that can have, never happen in the, the United States. Well, it, it has happened. We rounded mm-hmm. up our citizens. We put them in uh, internment camps. You're right, we did. They lost everything. We put them in, turn, in internment camps under at the point of a gun and, uh, and treated them like criminals. American citizens, we did this too. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't think that we're beyond that today. People somehow, because they have normalcy bias or, you know, their life is felt reasonably just and fair to them, they they don't see these as possibilities. They're suffering from normal bias. Um, we're not different today, you know. And furthermore, the, the concept of gun rights and the concept of a right to life are closely related. In fact, they're, they're tied at the waist, <laughs> you know. So... Uh, you know, we are not that far away from things that people think can never happen again. Um, it's, uh, it's just well, a lot of people ridiculous. just don't. A lot of people don't even realize that that did happen because right. you know it's not a it's not a pretty uh, part of American history, and mm-hmm. it's very seldom is that uh, is that really taught because uh, nobody wants to talk about it. So. Uh, but it can happen, and uh, right. and there's there's people that still remember that happening. So, yeah, yep. so it's 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 happened in their lifetime, in our in our in our historical uh, lifetime, because there are people alive right now that uh, that went through being put in internment camps. American citizens that went through being put in internment camps. So, they don't think that it can yep. happen, guys. They can. I'm not saying that it will. I'm just saying that that everyone thinks they don't have to worry about safeguarding their rights to freedom. They've always had these rights. They always will have them. But that's not the case. 
I mean, you have to be you have to be vigilant. You have to make sure that you're paying attention to uh, to the things that are going on around you, and you have to make sure that you're paying attention to the laws that are being passed, what they are, why. And I know, guys, believe me, whenever I first started this, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, the last thing I want to do is go to my congressman's webpage and start going through the laws and and start reading them because it's, uh, it's like reading the phone book sometimes. You know, it's very... It's very difficult. You got to you got to get up early in the morning, have some coffee, and uh, get a get a fast run at it to do it. Because uh, otherwise, you're going to get bogged down in it, and you're, you're going to make it something you don't want to do. But you have to do it. You have to read uh, and familiarize yourself with things that are coming up. And, by, and when I say read it and familiarize yourself, I don't mean read the emails and read what people are saying. I just I just saw some uh, some emails and some posts. Uh, on, uh, I guess it was here, yeah, with some emails about uh, about stuff that is not only is it wrong, it's it's wrong, and it's uh, like 15 years old. So when I say read and familiarize, I don't mean uh, to go to your email account and read and say, oh my gosh, the the president is is giving foreign police officers more power than they could ever have. Uh, I'm, and, and then and then hurriedly forwarding that on to everybody you know. Talking about if you see that, then you go and read. Read where it came from. If they don't tell you where it is, look it up. It only takes, with modern-day Google, it only takes about uh, 15, 20 seconds to, to start to start wading through the 1 million returns you'll get from uh, whatever you Google. And and find out the truth about it. Find out what's really happening to us right now, because because we are in a very uh, precarious position. All right, and and I don't think that we're on. I don't think that we're going down the drain, but I think that we're in a very dangerous place. I think that you need to be aware of that, and then I think you need to make others aware of it. <clears throat> yeah. Um... Before I leave this week, um, I'd like to uh, mention one other resource that, that I've used and, and quoted some of the materials and some of the educational uh, information uh, that's available on their site, and that's the Tenth Amendment Center. The Tenth Amendment Center, uh, just a lot of really interesting information and some of it quite useful in, in letters to sheriffs and sheriff's departments. Um, it gets back to what you were saying that, uh, you know, there, there are various levels of sovereignty, and quite often... Uh, the buck uh, doesn't stop at the Supreme Court. So, um, you know, uh, the uh, Lincoln administration, did, did, despite what Obama says, uh, was not the final word. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> according to Chris Rock, we have to do what Obama says because he's our daddy. <laughs> yeah. And you got to yeah. do what your daddy says. And, uh <laughs> And that is that is the level that uh, that we apparently have have sank down to. The president is our daddy, and we have to do what our daddy says. So, and I agree with you. The Tenth Amendment Center has a, a, a lot of great information uh, about our rights, and you can also read about uh, about jury nullification. 
because uh, that is another uh, answer that we have to uh, to some specific problem. Because, and of course, the courts the courts hate it uh, when you start talking about jury nullification because because it completely circumvents what they're trying to do, and that is that as a jurist, uh, if you think, regardless of what the law says, regardless of of any instructions that you've been given, if in your heart, if you think that this is an unconstitutional enforcement of the law, then you can nullify it by not convicting the person, by, by the jury not convicting the person. So... Yeah, another good resource. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, FIJA, Fully Informed Jurors Association. Uh, is that a dot org, I guess? Um, a lot of good information. Uh, speaking as a former jurist, uh, I can tell you, you, you really need to read their materials if you want to be effective because you got to, in jury selection, you may have to play your cards wisely and close to your chest. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, and... It's not a it's 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 not a uh, any kind of a perfect answer. I'm just saying that it's another thing that uh, that you uh, that you have as a power, and that is the power to nullify. Now there's a bunch of other folks that are usually on the jury, and uh, and you're just one of them. But uh, if you were in a if you're in a trial uh, as a jurist, and you think that uh, that a law is unconstitutional, then it certainly, uh, uh, I would think it would be your duty to nullify mm-hmm. your your decision on this, and, uh, and that's certainly up to you to do that. But, uh, now, can't, uh, can't just one dissenting juror hang a, uh, a jury on a felony charge? Yes, normal, that's normally the case. And now, that's not yeah. saying that... Uh, that they can't keep trying them, that they can't keep keep, yeah. keep going because they, right. the prosecutors will do that. They'll say, "We'll just keep going. We'll keep going until we find a jury that will convict them." Right. And uh, and that's certainly the case. But I'm telling you, if enough people did this, then uh, then they wouldn't be able to do that, you know, because you can. They, the state only has so much money, and the feds don't. The feds, of course, have all of the money because you make it for them. The state only has so much money, <laughs> and. Uh, and no, they make it for the. They also uh, are quite handy at making it for themselves, Scout. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, the other day I was, or last week, I think I was talking about that, saying the government has no money and no ability to make any money. And, and I thought about that right after I said it. And now I go, huh, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, because you got yeah. the presses running night and day right now. Yeah. Uh, so they can make it as much as they want. And yeah. of course, to me, I, I, I look at that and I think. Uh, then I got to ask my. You got to ask the question of why do we have to pay taxes in? If the government can make the money, then just make enough. It, it's to maintain the to, facade. Yeah, it maintains the facade. Make enough that you don't. Have, they don't have to take any taxes out anymore. Right. And right. the government says, "Don't worry about it. We can make the money. We can print up the money. We can cover this." Let's just let's just go let's go for broke. Let's right, let's right, get to make right. enough that uh, we don't have to pay for taxes. Well, it's no different than the than making the minimum wage, raising it, making it nine dollars. Hell, man, if you're gonna make if you're gonna make it something, and you can arbitrarily make it any yeah. any wage you want, 
Let's pay him $50 yeah. an hour. Let's make well, everybody the power. Everybody gets paid $50 an hour, and then uh, that will stimulate the economy, right? Because everybody will be making a lot of money. They can buy stuff. Uh, that's the way that uh, a lot of people think. Because right, right. the government has it. They'll just use the government money, and then we'll make it a, a law that, uh, that they have to pay him $50 an hour. So perfect. On YouTube, you see him all the time. I love this government program. This should be free iPhones and TVs for everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> it's all the it's all the same Absolutely. train of thinking, you know. Uh, if there's not enough money, well, let's build thinking, a couple yeah. of more treasuries. Let's build a couple more printing presses. <laughs> the, yeah. the what people don't understand is every time you jack with that minimum wage like that. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't uh, magically get everybody. More. The majority of times, what happens is, uh, is your employer says, "I got to let the three of you go because I got to start paying this amount." That means I only have this amount in my budget for employees, so I got to let three of you go. So, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, you got anything Thank else? You. No, that's all for this week. You know, um, I'm going to try to make it most weeks and chat from time to time. Thanks much. All right. Take care. God bless you, brother. Yep, you too. Hey, Scott, we've we've got got Ed Heller down on that bottom line down there, like to talk. But only on one little point. I was was trying to ignore him, but uh, now you pointed him out to me. Hey, Ed, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing great. It's um you know economics is a favorite subject of mine, but I'll, I'll stay off of that for the time being. Um, what I wanted to bring up was uh, I think we need to start thinking about you know at Appleseeds we like to talk about the uh, the old time phone tree kind of setup that they had. You know the alert, uh, the the way that the citizens alerted each other to you know when the regulars were out. And it might be time for us to start thinking about, you know, we have a lot of modern uh, means of notifying each other that things are happening and that, you know, maybe we should start actually forming an actual phone tree. Well, uh, people have been doing that. There's a lot of folks doing that. Matter of fact, one of our own uh, uh, folks here in Texas uh, has started up a site for Texas. It's called... uh, 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 don't make me lie. Now I can't. I can't think of the name. Uh, Mark, if you're listening, can you post that into the the chat room? The name Rachel Malone started up a uh, uh, a site, and one of the things it does is you can sign up for the information, and it will send you out the information on uh, uh, firearms. I believe it's a firearms freedom uh, organization. It sends out uh, information on what the government is doing. Anytime the government is considering considering, uh, any type of action on firearms, uh, then it will send out uh, a note to it. And then if there's something specific that comes up, then they'll send out an alert uh, to all the folks. And uh, and if we had, if you if you have uh, somebody that's willing to do this, then that's great because then. You don't have to take the time to try and, and and wade through the stuff. You've got somebody who's watching it, and uh, and they can send you the information. And I, I believe that's what you're talking about, right? Uh, starting uh, up some uh, of the, 
I'm being actually a little bit more specific. It's, um, you know, getting to know your neighbors, getting to know, you know, having the phone numbers of everybody, you know, having a means of, you know, uh, getting information out, not necessarily what our government is doing, because we know they're doing awful things, and they're going to continue <laughs> to do awful things. But if, you just if, take if that think, as a given, right. Yeah. If you think about about it, though, we're getting to the point where who knows where we are historically, you know, in reference to what the founding fathers went through. But maybe it's time for us to start considering about, you know, thinking maybe we have to have that actual phone tree with actual people in your area so that if you ever had to defend your liberty, that, you know, you can make that tree, you know, and and raise the 20,000 people. You know, we we talk about it. How many people can you raise when you're at an apple seed? And you know, you you start back at fourteen thousand, you know, ten thousand, a thousand, you know, a hundred. And most people are like, yeah, I couldn't get a, get ten people to come out uh, to do anything, you know, let alone risk themselves. And maybe yeah, it's if time you we get ten people, I, ten people. I mean, I would think that you were some kind of some kind of a uh, cult leader or something if you could get ten people, because you can't because, anymore. I guess I understand what you're saying now in a better sense, and yeah. I completely agree because I think it raises uh, or it raises the same kind of questions that we were talking about earlier. The way that uh, Stuart was talking about uh, Stuart Rhodes with Oath Keepers talking about making people, getting the law enforcement officers and stuff to think about it now, so that uh, so they they could have a decision formed on how they're going to act when it happens. Now, that's the same thing with with getting the people locally to start thinking about it. Because I can guarantee you the majority of the people that you ask about this or inform about this or try to get involved, the majority are not going to – they're not going to be informed. And they may be uh, they may be so ignorant of it that, that they would think that a, a full-blown – Breach of the Constitution would be okay, so so it it is in your it behooves you to go and like you're saying have some meetings uh, with folks and and talk to your neighbor and your community about it so that so that they understand what's going on because if you don't if you don't talk to them about it and and something happens, and of course it would be like, uh, well, I'll just say one of the one of the folks, like the Appleseed folks, that have they may have uh, uh, five to ten uh, Ruger 1022s as loaners. They may have uh, twenty thousand rounds of uh, 22 long rifle, and and just hearing uh, a dozen or two dozen firearms and twenty thousand rounds of ammunition makes it sound like you are. Uh, you're a domestic terrorist. Oh, you have an arsenal. Yeah, you've got an arsenal and a stockpile, an illegal stockpile of ammunition. When in reality, if you told them, look, here's what I do. I'm a volunteer. I devote my time to teaching uh, uh, American citizens uh, the fundamental of the rifle marksmanship and American heritage in history. That's, That's what I do with this. And then everybody goes, oh, oh, okay. Then why are y'all bothering him? Why are y'all giving him a hard time? He's one of us. He's part of the community. Y'all stop. Y'all leave him alone. And, you know, come on, everybody. Let's help him. 
Now, I'm not exactly. saying they're going to do that because they normally won't, but uh, but that's yeah. just uh, that's my my explanation of it. And we're not going to wake everyone up, um, not even a small fraction. But you know, just by doing this, you're going to start to get to know your neighbors. You get to start to know the the people that are in your area. You know, probably better than you have have now. And right. there is nothing nothing but good that can come from that. Because if if things go pear shaped, then you you know the people to talk to. You're not a stranger knocking on their door, and they're scared because you know things have gone strange. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, Ed, stay on the line. I'm going to bring a, another caller on while we're sitting here talking. Uh, this is uh, Craig. Craig, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I just had a quick question for you, and it was where I can get uh, more information about uh, contacting and what actually to say and what documentation to give to my representatives when I go to call them and to go forward with issues like that. Okay, well, first of all, if you're gonna, just to find out how to, to contact them, it's real easy. Just go to, yeah. go to Google and just put in uh, find my senator or find my congressman because they have a direct link. It will take you straight to the congressional page that's actually named find my congressman or find my senator. And then yeah, you just the plug part. in your zip zip code, and it uh, takes you straight to all of your reps. You can do the same thing for your state, too. It'll take you to all of your reps, and then uh, the rep pages will have their phone numbers and their physical addresses and their emails. And normally, your state reps uh, or your even and your national reps will have they'll have a lot of different offices. Uh, they'll have one local to where they're representing, and usually they'll have uh, maybe even two offices in their represented uh, area. And then they'll have a Washington office, and they'll all be staffed, and they'll all, they'll all be folks on the phone at all of the places. And you won't, you won't talk to your, your rep usually uh, unless it's just a complete accident uh, because they don't have time for that. And, uh, and in a lot of cases, you know, in a lot of cases, it's, you're better off not even talking to your rep, okay? <laughs> uh, but you will talk to a staffer. Now, when you talk to them, make sure that that uh, that you have already been informed, that you've already uh, done your research, and you yeah. have... And that's what I'm more of looking for is I know that you guys have, you know, the different packets that you've been sending out. Where can I go to find, like, some of the packets have already been pre-put together for, I guess, my information for my own background into this? Okay, run that by me again. Uh, I guess I'm looking for, like, uh, some of the same information that's been handed out, you know, to the local sheriff's offices for the, uh, you know, are you going to support this, yes or no, um, let us know so that we can either oust you or... Uh, recall you on April oh, okay, 19th okay. that leaves the date. That way so I can get all the information actually have a good, you know, a good packet to send them so that it looks cleaner, more professional, and it's taken more seriously than anything else. Well, I don't know that there's, there's not any, like, one-stop shopping for it as far as I know. Uh, usually I, I'll go to, uh, uh, well, first you'll go to if there's something that you're specifically looking for, uh, because they have some type of uh, 
uh, of legislation that's in the pipeline. And, of course, first, you know, you're going to read the legislation and find out what it is, what it affects. And then uh, you can go to your state. Now, if you're talking about, like, uh, uh, 2A stuff, like Second Amendment stuff, uh, the first place I would go is to my state rifle organization uh, to find out what their what their stance is on it. You can go to the NRA, uh, but I would go to my state rifle association first. Uh, Texas has the uh, 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 TSRA, the Texas State Rifle Association, and they are actually really rock solid on uh, on the business end of, uh, of you know of, of keeping up with the politics and then doing. Uh, a great job of uh, defending our rights uh, on the state level and on the national level. But you can go to the, your local, your, to your state rifle association. You can go to the national rifle association, and of course, when you do that, read that, read it with a grain of salt. Make sure that you're just you're taking uh, the information. Uh, you're taking the information that they that they that they're giving you. You can put that, this together, you probably have to put it together yourself, unless it's something, one specific thing, uh, and then you might be able to get packets on it from either your state rifle association or the NRA or something like that. And then uh, and then put it together yourself in, in, in a letter and outline, you can outline your case uh, on why this should be a deal or why it shouldn't, and uh, and then either send it in by either email or snail mail, or give the uh, the reps a call and and outline what you want to them. And it can't be a, a long rambling thing; it needs to be very uh, short, very concise. And that's all it needs to be because in the end, you're either you're asking them to do one thing, either vote yes or vote no. So. It needs to be sharp and concise, and uh, and every time I've dealt with the the folks, the person has usually been pretty proficient at writing down the points I was making. Because usually what I'll do when I'm talking to them, I'll stop and I'll say, "Are you are you getting this?" And they'll go, "Yeah." And I said, "Okay, well, what what was I saying about X, Y, Z?" And they'll take a second and say, "Okay, you said this, you know, this about this and this about this." So I check them to see if they're if they're paying attention, because I want them to give an accurate report of what I said to my rep, and usually they do a really good job of writing it down. Uh, other than other than the other day, I was talking to one of the new guys, one of the interns or something, because I was talking to my state rep's uh, staff member, and I gave my I gave my discussion on uh, how I wanted uh, Congressman uh, Flores, uh, what I would like him to do to represent me. And at the end of it, at the end of my my 10-minute uh, outline, the guy, it sounds like a young guy, he said, oh, okay, so, so let me get this straight. Uh, are you saying you're for gun control or against it? <laughs> and I just stopped. I said, "Okay, listen. I'm going to need to talk to uh, whoever, 
whoever the head of the office is there. Uh, so uh, make sure that uh, that they are paying attention because if they're not, it's not doing any good. But normally, like I said, once I got the the office manager on the line, she she paid attention to everything I said because then whenever I started asking and backing up and asking her what I said on something, uh, she had the notes there. So that's what I think that's. And Kaylin and I talked about this last week, and he doesn't think it helps. But I'm telling you, it is. Uh, there's a combat. We can't just count on a on a one trick pony. Uh, we've got to make sure that we are that our efforts, you know, are comprehensive, and uh, that includes uh, uh, signing. Uh, some kind of document that says, uh, you know, I will not be disarmed and sending it in, and that's good. But I'm telling you, even better than that is making sure that your reps know what your needs are and and the things that you consider deal breakers. Because I also made sure that they they knew this. And I told you guys this, this before. You know, I told at the end of my conversation, I said, I just want you to understand that for me that this, single item uh, is going to be a deal breaker. Uh, if no matter how well he does on everything else, if he if he feeds the uh, the multitudes, you know, with uh, one loaf and uh, five fish, uh, it doesn't matter because if he fails to do this, then it's a deal breaker. And then I'll vote for whoever is opposing him, no matter what letter comes in front of them. No matter if the person that is running against him uh, says from day one that I am here to ensure that all firearms are outlawed, I'm still going to vote for that person. Because how can that person be any worse than than what just happened? How can that person be any worse than my representative, regardless of what letter's in front of his name? If he tells me down the river, how's it going to be any worse? Uh, how's the next guy going to be any worse? And... Uh, you can make sure that they understand that, and make sure that when you do it, it's got to all be nice and polite, uh, no cursing and and no yelling at them because they don't they don't have anything to do with it. You know, they don't. All they're doing is listening to you, and they don't. And once you start uh, getting rowdy, they don't have to listen to you anymore. They can hang up on you, and that's no good. So make sure that uh, that it's short, concise, that you have all the points that you want to make researched. And you can deliver them in a in a non rambling way, and uh, and I think that'll work. Is that is that an answer to the question you're asking? Uh, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Because I'm looking for uh, information, I guess, against the uh, U.S. being able to do drone strikes on U.S. citizens, and I want to find as much information as I can to put together to send out there, and you know. Pretty much just say, hey, guys, if you're one of the ones who participated in this saying, yes, it's okay for the president or whomever to have this, you know, judge-jury sentencing ability, uh, this is not acceptable. This goes against everything in the Constitution. We need to correct this immediately and get this removed. Well, there's a ton of information right now out there on this, and uh, and there is a ton of uh, – uh, well, there's a ton of information because uh, right before I came on the show, I was reading uh, an article about uh, uh, about San Marcos, 
Texas having a, a drone there. And uh, and I, I didn't finish the article because I just come in from from working on the speed wall uh, for the uh, shooting event we have coming on, and I didn't have time to read it. But uh, you can see where they're. Uh, and, and I got. I want to make sure people understand this isn't something that uh, that our government is thinking about maybe doing. It's what they're already doing. Uh, you are already under surveillance, not just by satellite, but by drones and everything else. And the drones that are that you're under surveillance by are the same drones that uh, the same types of drones that are deployed in the Middle East. There's, the only difference is that, as far as I know, and I could be wrong, but as far as I know, most of these are not weaponized. That is not to say that they couldn't be weaponized, probably in. Uh, you know, in, in a couple of hours. But it's already something that's going on. They're already flying them here. So, uh, uh, yeah. I, I just thought I'd mention on that. I was at, at Appleseed this past summer, and I looked up, and in the sky there was a global hawk. I just, I, I, I completely lost my sense <laughs> of everything and just stared at it, at, it, at it as it flew across the sky. I was like, because it, it, it's very distinctive shaped drone. There's this right. big bulbous front end, and it, it, it's hard to mistake. You know, I, and other people, you know, ended up going, "What are you looking at?" And I, and I just pointed up at it, and they're like, "Okay, plane." And I was like, "No, that's not a plane." So sorry. Yeah. Well, that's what most people think. They just think it's a. They just think it's an airplane. Yeah. It, it well, was, it, I'll tell you, there's, there's a ton of information out there. If you want. You can send me a PM and, and a more detailed question, and if I can be of any service, I'll be glad to. Uh, are you on the forum? Uh, I am not. Uh, several of my friends are. I just moved to a new state that is uh, probably the most, uh, the worst state I could possibly move to and be a gun lover. What is it? California. California. Well, listen, California is not bad because, I mean, it's not good. But it's not bad because uh, it's actually filled up with tons of folks out there that are pro-gun. It's just yeah, they just they're, they're just not as vocal as the anti-gun uh, anti-gun folks. Uh, well, I can give you my uh, my email. It's uh, rwva Romeo Whiskey Victor Alpha Range Scout, all one word, lowercase. RWVA Range Scout at gmail dot com. Got it. Okay, so you can send me an email and, and, and ask me more specific about what you want. I'll be glad to to help you if I can or push you towards some of the sites that uh that I frequent that can that could possibly uh help you in your quest for this information. And uh and this is what I'm talking about, guys. The stuff that Craig is talking about doing. He's and and there's nothing wrong with this. And that's picking. You don't have to. You don't have to say, okay, let me go down the list because I've got to figure out uh, every law, every bill, my stance on it. You can you can start with just one thing. You can say, okay, I got one thing that uh, I'm going to do, and uh, and I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to take it to its conclusion. And uh, doing something like that, like with drones or something, is 
that's a good place to start. So, Craig, great job. Thank you. Have a good night, gentlemen. All right. Thank you very much, Craig. Uh, and, Ed, aren't you in California, too? Uh, no, no. I, I used to live in California a number of years ago, but I'm, I'm in Pennsylvania now. Um, and, you know, Cal- California isn't is, – I, there's a lot of, uh, of guns that are perfectly legal in California. I hope when he traveled there he didn't take any old magazines or anything because that's pretty um, not good. Um, although it's perfectly legal to own all the parts and you can disassemble your magazines. So, um, anyway, it, it, California has a lot of interesting things. Right. What about uh, what's going on with the uh, Pennsylvania now? Well, we have a we have a number of bills that are in process. Um, we have a bill that's going that is um, like a lot of other states that you know. Um, oh, I forget the. I had this all written down, but it, my computer is not immediately in front of me at this moment. Well, Pennsylvania is a pretty dang is pretty dang good compared to uh, compared to most of the neighbors that you're surrounded by. I mean, uh, well, the Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, any anything north and east of us is usually pretty bad, and and Maryland to the south isn't the greatest. Um, but um, yeah, we have pretty good laws, um, you know, uh, so far as firearms. Uh, we do have that, you know, the, uh, the the freedom law that a whole bunch of states have proposed, uh, directing that, you know, if the feds would try to enforce their rules, that it would be a felony. That, that's going through our legislature right now. That's the one I was trying to think of. Um, but, you know, we are also, we on the other end of the state, there is Philadelphia, which is a heavily Democratic area, you know, right next to New Jersey and Maryland and all of that, where... They're trying to, you know, they, we also have bills proposed for, you know, our own gun control. It's uh, it's a lot less likely to happen in Pennsylvania right now because both the House and the Senate are both in Republican hands as well as the governor's office. So uh, we're, we're, hopeful, we're hopeful that we don't have to worry about this, but that doesn't mean that you, that you don't contact your reps every chance you get, you know, because otherwise they... Who knows? They might forget and compromise. Right, and and that's right. And and I know a lot of people say it's not, but I'm telling you, it is because you know, you, you, as as a, a citizen, uh, a lot of times you end up feeling like you don't have any power. Like I, like you're powerless. Like you can't do anything. But I'm telling you, the the congressmen, the senators, they don't fear. Uh, an armed uprising because you know that's uh, that's no different I think in their minds and most of us usually uh, thinking about uh, you know the uh, uh, the the an asteroid the big asteroid coming you know that's something that we that we 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 don't think about a whole lot but you know it could happen but it's, the chances are pretty remote. The same thing with the uh, with the armed uh, uh, deterrence uh, of Americans. Uh, you know, the congressmen and senators don't fear the armed deterrence because they have an army and they've got drones and you know everything else. They don't fear that. What they fear. Go ahead. What that? Go ahead. 
I, I was just going to say, and, and they have plenty of minions to do their bidding. Exactly. Yeah, so that's not what they fear. What they fear is that uh, somebody will uh, somebody will take the keys to the golf cart. You know, somebody will uh, will take away their their golf junkets. Somebody will take away their their feather bed, uh, uh, their gold plated health care, or their their lifetime pensions. And that that's what they fear. They fear losing their power. Once somebody like that has has the power that uh, that that is given to uh, a lawmaker then uh, they become addicted to it, and that's what they want to keep. They want to keep that power. Even if it means compromising on stuff, they want to keep that power. What can you do to to bend them to your will is to make sure that you let them know that uh, you're watching them. I'm watching you. I'm watching what you're doing, and it's going to have an effect on how I vote. And I'm going to make sure that I'm telling you this because uh, I'm a person of my word. And I'm telling you that that XYZ is a deal breaker, or that if you if this is not uh, done to my satisfaction, that I'm going to follow through on this, and I'm going to vote against you, and I'm going to get as many uh, of my friends and relatives to do the same. That that is that will keep them awake at night much more than if you if you call them up and said uh, I've got a hunting rifle aimed in your window right now. Uh, they're not going to worry about that. Uh, they're going to well, take care of you if you did something like that. If you did something illegal like that, they'll, they'll have you arrested and everything else. But that's not going to worry them as much as you saying that you're going to take away their power and their prestige uh, and eliminate well, them. So, if you really want to get their attention, you you don't call call them up on the phone. You don't send them a fax. You don't send them an email. You you don't even write them a physical letter. You call up um, their their you call them up and you ask for their scheduler and you tell them that you want to make an appointment to talk with them face to face. And what you're probably going to hear is, no, we don't have any room on the schedule. So, you know, and when you politely hang up and everything, and then you call back the next day and the day after that and the day after that until the scheduler says, I've got to get this guy off my back. Okay. We have 15 minutes on, you know, and and they start to make an appointment with you. And then you go and you talk to your representative. They can't ignore you when you're, right, you know, five feet away from them. Right. Right, exactly. Well, I'm glad you said that because at first I was worried. <laughs> I was worried with no. where you were going with it at first. <laughs> yeah, it's not, nothing bad. I mean, you, you make an appointment. You go oh, and yeah. talk face-to-face. And, yeah, you know, because it, if, there's, there's gonna... anything they, if there's anything they hate worse, then uh then you then you calling and uh, talking to their rep on the phone or something it's you holding their heels to the fire in person you know mhm and it, apparently very very few people ever ask to actually speak with them 95% of their time is spent with lobbyists and right. you know um you know organizations and what they they don't talk to their constituents it, it that apparently happens like an incredibly small amount of the time. So, I mean, if they started getting, you know, lots of their constituents wanting to talk, they're going to sit, you know, sit up and take notice going, uh, something has changed. Right. That's an excellent idea, and I'm glad you brought that up. 
Well, listen, Ed, thank you very much for calling in. I'm glad you decided to call and talk this time. I know that uh, usually you don't, but you did a great job tonight, so thank you very much. I'll talk to you later, Scott. All right, thank, thank you. you. All right, well, there you got a bunch of uh, a bunch of great ideas now on what we need to do. Uh, we got a few minutes left, and what I'd like to do is uh, I'd like to bring on uh, my uh, business partner, uh, Mark Martinez. You guys, uh, you guys know him, and I'd like to bring him on and. Uh, talk about the event that we have uh, coming up, uh, not this weekend, but uh, next weekend. It's uh, Well, listen, I'm going to let uh, Mark tell you about it. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. How's it going? It's going, brother. Tell, now, uh, tell everybody what uh, we have going and why they should come. I certainly will, but before I do that, you know, I listen to a lot of radio shows and people call in. And the first thing they do is ask the host, how are you doing? And you can tell the host says it all day long. So I said, you know, whenever I call these guys, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go right into the subject. And the first thing I ask you, how are you doing, Mike? I talk to you every day, anyhow. So. <laughs> hey, I don't have any problem with that. It never, it never bothered me. I know what you're talking about because I hear that too. They say, how's it going? And, uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. All right, so... <clears throat> we got an event coming up, and what exactly are we doing again now? Because I forgot. Well, we are having our zombie destruction run, and this course is going to be uh, approximately 3.5 miles. And when I've been talking to people about this course and explaining what it is, uh, a lot of folks right off the bat think it's a three-gun competition or something to that effect where what we're doing is not we are running an actual biathlon, which means you're going to have your rifle, your pistol, your ammo, your water, whatever gear you want to take with you, and you have to carry it. You probably need a vest or some type of go bag, and you're going to take off running. The course will be marked, and there's going to be seven shooting stations, four pistol, three rifle, and uh, we'll have a nice wooded area that's going to have several zombie-shaped targets, too, um, um, I believe all our star- targets are going to be still, so we'll get some. The you know, shooter will get feedback, and uh, you just run through the course and see how you do. I know there's going to be a lot of folks out there who are going to take off running and uh, push themselves to uh, their limits. I know a lot of quite a few folks are going to go out there and probably jog a little, walk a little, maybe walk the whole thing, and that's good because they set their own personal goals, and that's perfectly fine. So when we say zombie run, it's also a zombie whatever. Zombie, you want to walk it, you want to wait a few minutes and walk it with your friend, you can do that too. Right. And, and uh, uh, looking on my uh, phone, I've seen all the pictures you've been sending me, and it looks like you've been pretty busy on it as well. Yeah, I've still got a long way to go. When you get here this weekend, you'll see. I don't want you to don't be freaked out because there's still uh there's still quite a bit to do. I was working on the speed wall today. And that's one of the things that we're going to have, folks, is uh, one of the uh, shooting positions is uh, what's called a speed wall. And that's where you, you've got a uh, like a long wall. I mean, I actually made this one fairly long. First, it was supposed to be 30 feet. And I started looking at it. I go, I don't know, man. I want more than that. So I ended up making it, I think, 55 feet. And, uh, and then it has uh, different things. Like every, every five or six feet, the... 
your the the scenery right in front of you changes. Like it'll start off in uh, like in a like in, almost like in a fenced-in like prison uh, compound with barbed wire and chain link and stuff like that. And you got to figure out how to make a shot through that. And there's some holes in the chain link and stuff where you can get you can get your rifle and your optics to to see through that. And you make that you make the shots on your target there, and as soon as you do. So the uh, the range officer tell you you made the hit and you move on to the next position. It might be a, a big stack of firewood that has the wood arranged in such a way that there are there are ways to shoot through the, the firewood and get your target. Now it's not going to be comfortable. Now, you may have to uh, to lay on your your weak side and 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 hold your rifle up a certain way or something like that. But it's doable. And like Mark was saying, this isn't uh, this isn't like an IDPA thing or three gun. This isn't where you're, where you've got your uh, tight leather pants on, and uh, you know you've got all your 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 sharp gear, and and everybody's filming you, and you've got your hair done in a salon before you came. This is uh, we made this specifically so that folks that even if you haven't ever done any kind of competition before, even if you're new to shooting, if you came to an apple seed, and uh, and you shot uh, like in the 180s, 190s. Uh, then you're good. You're usually pretty good to go. Well, you've got pistol twos, but uh, you'll be good to go on this. We made it. Uh, we made it a way for you to test yourself and for you to figure out your gear. It's only 3.5 miles, but listen, you you try walking 3.5 miles with uh, with a little bit of a ruck on your ammunition packed in a certain way and stuff like that, and you'll figure things out quick. This mm-hmm. last year at Pecos, I said, okay, this year I'm going to carry everything in my belt. So I had a couple of hundred rounds of uh, a 223. I had five uh, pistol mags for my 45. I had all of them in my belt. And, and my pants ended up falling down. So, so now I've got to figure out something else. Uh, what else, Mark? Tell them about what else yeah. we got going on. We got, some guys, we got some guys coming out to do demos, right? Uh, yeah, we do. We have some guys coming out from uh, Tannerite. Uh, I know you've been uh, speaking with them a lot more than uh, I have. But I do understand there's going to be a demo when the last person comes across the line. We're probably going to have, uh, I guess, I'm guessing maybe an hour and a half, maybe even two hours of downtime before all of our scores are tallied up. So during that time, the uh, Tannerite people will be out in our uh, that large pit you have out there, and they're going to be blowing some stuff up for us. Right. And, and listen, real quick, I'm not. I, I don't want you to. I don't want you to go yet. But I'm going to tell everybody. That, that we're about to lose our live feed here in just a second. But uh, Mark and I are going to talk for another couple of minutes, and uh, and you'll be able to catch it in the archives. If you want to hear the rest of the stuff we're saying, you can catch it in the archives. You can sign up at www.battleroadusa.com. Go to the website there and, and for more info or to register, pre-register for the event on Eventbrite, just like you do for Appleseed. And, uh, and then there's a blog and stuff like that. Uh, and if we lose you in the next couple of seconds, uh, then we'll catch you again this next Thursday. Right? So God bless everybody. Good night to the live feed. And we're going to continue on for another few minutes here for the archive feed, okay? All right, Mark, go ahead. Okay, yeah, I hey, talked to this Tannerite forget. guy. He's going he's gonna to bring out uh, a bunch of uh, stuff to do demo. I believe he's going to also uh, donate to the uh, to the prize table for prizes for the runner. And yeah, there's uh, we talked about having him do the 45 minutes to an hour, of where he's going to do instruction, teach folks how to use that Tannerite and what they can do with it, what they can't do with it, and then uh, I mean he's going to blow some stuff up. And I imagine if he's got a big truck full of it, 
I bet some of these uh, some of these explosions are going to be pretty big. So, you know, he told me that there's a limit that you can't uh, mix up over 50 pounds of tannerite, uh, or you or you get the feds involved. But I'm telling you, you even a 20 pound bag of tannerite will uh, will completely remodel a vehicle. Uh, yeah, certainly. Hey, and while we're talking about some of our sponsors, we have another one out there, uh, RoughneckFirearms.com. Those guys have a lot of parts uh, for your AR-15s, cool tactical gear, things like that. I've been talking to one of the guys who owns it, and uh, he's a very much like uh, you and I, Mike. He's, he thinks a lot like we do. And uh, if anybody's out there and needs some parts for their ARs or gun parts, gear, whatever, I'd encourage you to check out RoughneckFirearms.com. There's guys out there. Yeah. But, uh, go ahead, back to what you're saying. Yeah, I think this uh, ride is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I also, you know, when we've been going out to Pecos, when I go to Pecos, I've always gamed it. Uh, I take the minimal amount of gear, and I try to go as fast as I can. But I think <laughs> the zombie run, I don't know why I do that. Every year I always say this is the last year I'm going to do that. But uh, I believe for ours, what I'm going to do is grab the actual gear, that I usually carry in my vehicle. It has to be a little modified for what we're doing. But I want to take the stuff that I have so if for some reason, if my vehicle is a breakdown or for I can't get home and I have to grab my stuff and go, I want to know what this is going to do. Is it going to rub my neck raw? Is it going to fall apart? Is it going to be real loud? Am I going to make too much noise? So I'm going to uh, uh, be a little more serious with this run here and, and really check on my gear and see how it's performing. I think it's a great idea, because that's kind of what I was planning, too. And I was actually thinking about doing the same thing that you are, which is take the ruck that I carry. I carry a, uh, you know, a small ruck uh, in the vehicle with me. Whenever I go, if I go outside the county, you know, I take the ruck and the rest of the gear. I've got my in-county travel bag and my out-of-county travel bag. If I go out of the county, I take a certain ruck. I was going to take that one with me down to the lawn and do exactly what uh, I would do in a uh, in a real scenario, and that is open the ruck, dump everything out, uh, put the stuff in, back in the ruck that I'm actually going to take with me uh, for whatever reason, and then just abandon the rest of it there. I won't really abandon it. I'll one of my kids pick it up. But uh, <laughs> abandon the rest of it and then take off with that and uh, and see how it goes. And, you know, and try the gear out. And, yeah, you do. Last, uh, the last couple times, folks, Mark, uh, he matter of fact, he even ran the run last year without any water. Uh and that may not sound like it's too bad. It's like, oh, it's only six miles, but it's six miles in the desert, and it was dry. And uh, and I think that uh, I think that when Mark finally crossed the finish line, I think in the uh, the hundred yards from the finish line to our vehicle, I think he managed to down about uh, either three three or four cold beers in that uh, hundred yards because uh, he had not had any uh, any any type of uh, liquid in him uh, for the rest of the day. So, uh, and you know, uh, I think that you just had what was on your belt too. And I see you guys doing that. They've got they've got a mag. I mean, they've got their pistol on their hip and maybe uh, one or two mags because the Pecos round counted real low. And then uh, one or two mags in their pocket for a rifle, that's it. And uh, and they're high speed, low drag, which is great. But like you said, I think that this is a great opportunity for folks to try out the gear. It's only three and a half miles, but I'm telling you, if you've got something wrong on your gear, if you've got it packed wrong, if you're wearing it wrong, three and a half miles is enough time for you to figure out that it's wrong. 
Absolutely, and, and this is a, a a great, not only a great place to do it, but pretty much where else can you do it? Where can you grab your gear and go off in the woods and follow a line? You'll, a lot of times you'll be on your own. You'll be unsupervised until you get to a shooting station with range officers, and uh, you'll get to try out all this stuff. You go to any most ranges now, and Lord forbid you draw from your poster or something, or you step off line, you get in trouble, they'll yell at you, and yeah. you're going to come out to Central Texas, grab your gear, and take off running in the woods. I mean, where else on the planet can you do this type of stuff? And if you're anywhere yeah. near the area, jump on it. Yeah, and uh, I was telling one of the guys today that we put a, I put an ad in the thrifty nickel, and it did. Started running a band. I got uh, several calls on this, and uh, I was trying to explain to the guy there. He said, "Well, I said there's going to be some obstacles." I said, "Yeah, there is, but listen, we made the, we've made this so that that you get a good test of yourself physically and uh, and your skills, your marksmanship skills. But at the same time, I kept in mind that I've been inviting." Folks like, uh, uh, you know, uh, 50 and 50-year-old uh, women and stuff like that uh, that uh, are new to shooting so that I'm, I, I, the way that we design this is so that nothing is so difficult that, uh, that it's going to that it's going to you know, disqualify you or it's going to burn you up or anything like that. Everything is just a test. It's a good way to test yourself. But there's nothing... Uh, there, this isn't a Marine Corps boot camp thing. Nobody's going to be pushing you or yelling at you or calling you sissy or anything like that. Everybody's going to be smiling and patting you on the back and telling you what a great job you did. All the shots are, I'm not going to say they're easy, because I was looking at it today going, oh, man. I hope that, because uh, I'm going to be running uh, uh, an AR with uh, iron sights. I'm thinking, oh, man, am I going to be able to see that? I'm going to be able to make a headshot at 100 yards? And I think, I, I think that, uh, that we can, because... At Appleseed, we're teaching you to shoot down to four minutes, and the headshot is uh, eight minutes. So, uh, so there should be no problem. There's actually one six-minute uh, target, but uh, there shouldn't be any problem for any of you guys, right? <clears throat> yeah, well, so, you know, it's, it's, yeah, four minutes is, is uh, plenty, especially you know, like you said, you have them out at a hundred or hundred-ish, I guess you could say. Uh, I think most people will be fine. Now, I'm glad you're going with arms, Mike. Uh, what, what can I say? I'm going to run up with a little bit of glass this year. Well, the only <laughs> but, uh, reason I'm going with arms is because I don't have any glass yet. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I could get some glass would be to take it off some other. Well, you know what? I could do that. I could take one. I've got uh, six or seven other scopes. I guess I could grab one and put it on there sometime this week. But but I don't know. I'm, I may just try and run it with iron because that's the way that I usually carry uh you know my my rifles are usually iron because they they get a lot of uh, they get a lot of rough treatment and usually I try not to do that to scopes because it's you know it's just rough on them. I may go ahead and just run it with iron because like I said the the targets that uh, we set up uh, are not going to be difficult. Uh, your longest shot is going to be about 250 yards and it's on a uh, uh, like a, a half D sized target. So. Uh, so that you're gonna, you're gonna think everybody's gonna be fine, and it's not, uh, it's not one of the gray targets like, uh, like from the, uh, uh, the AQT. It's gonna be a nice bright, uh, 
safety orange target that you're going to be having to hit, or safety green uh, fluorescent, and uh, you should be able to have a, a get a good sight picture on it. Uh, all of the pistol targets are are really pretty decent targets, and none of them are going to be pushed past what you have to do to uh, qualify you for your concealed carry. So uh, everything is going to be uh, you know pretty decent, but it's still going to be a test. Like I said, don't. Don't think that uh, that this is all going to be baby stuff, that it's not. That's right. And also we have two divisions. We have the target division and the combat ready division. Uh, it's the same course. The times will be a little different. The target division, those folks won't have to carry as much ammunition because they'll be firing one round per target. And uh, we came up with that because of this big ammo crunch we're going through right now, and some people just don't have or they're having a hard time finding ammunition for the course. And then you have other people uh, like us who probably had a lot of ammo just piled up someplace, and we're good to go, and we're going to run the combat division, and that's going to be roughly uh, five rounds per target. So it's a higher round count, which means you're going to carry more weight. And that was the whole intent when we were talking about this course, Mike, was to uh, help show people how fast ammunition goes, so maybe they might want to carry a little more. And the big thing was magazines. If you only have magazines that came with the gun you bought, you really need to get some more. Uh, and yeah. a lot of people are finding that out right now. You know, we came up with this course or this idea a year ago, way before most of this stuff or all this stuff happened. So the magazines were out there, and that's what we're talking about. How do we get people to burn through all their ammunition and see, hey, three magazines, that's not going to cut it. And... uh well, now it's, it's a little tougher. I think we're going to be okay in the long run. The magazines will be back again. But until then, I guess some folks may just have to carry some boxes of ammunition in a bag with them and reload in between shooting stations. Yeah, do your, do your prep while you're uh, on your march from one station to the next. And like you said, that was the point of this, is that uh, we, in our in our classes, we don't teach people things like uh, – like double tap and stuff like that. We we teach them the Battle Road USA philosophy, which is you're going to shoot until the threat is uh, neutralized, and sometimes that's more than one or two or three or four rounds. And and like Mark was saying, you know, if you if you got into a position where you had to use your rifle uh, to defend yourself or your loved ones or something, you 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 might find that the ammunition goes fairly quick. So what are you going to do? How are you going to how are you going to deal with that? And this and this was that's one of the reasons that we decided to do this. Plus the fact that we just like to shoot. And I know I was complaining to Mark about driving all the way out to West Texas to shoot. However many rounds uh, we were shooting at the uh, the Pecos running gun because that had a pretty low round count. And uh, yeah. So so we set this one up, and it meant that you're going to have to actually carry a good amount of ammunition. Make sure too when you look at the round counts, you remember. But the round counts, the, the, the number of rounds that we're giving you there is if you hit that target every time you're supposed to. It's not that you just have to fire one round at the station. You've got to fire one round onto the target, or you've got to keep shooting until you hit the target one time. So make sure that whenever you're looking at your round count, you've got that in mind, so that uh, you're probably going to have to bring some buffer ammunition. Uh, make sure that you've got uh, enough to cover what your uh, scheduled course of fire is, and then some extra in case you... Uh, 
uh, in case you get any uh, misses and you have to uh, repeat that shot or something. And uh, and like Mark was saying, we did this before the ammunition craziness came up, but uh, but we did split it into two divisions. So you'll have a chance to either carry a bunch of ammunition and shoot at a bunch of targets uh, a bunch of times or carry a lesser amount and shoot at the targets fewer times. Uh, we've been asked several times if people can buy ammunition when they get here. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, we've, we'll probably try and get uh, folks that have it stacked really deep if they want to bring ammunition and sell it. But I'm telling you now that uh, you're probably not going to get you're probably not going to get a deal on it because if somebody's selling you their ammunition here, then they're going to have to replace it, and that means they they can't replace it for anything less than what the market is. Don't expect to come and buy ammunition. If you if we do have any that we can sell, don't expect to buy it at anything less than market because that, that would not be fair to to the seller. But we'll try and round up some folks that will have extra ammunition so that folks can purchase some when they get here. Uh, I'm not guaranteeing you that we'll be able to, but we're going to try and do that. And uh, folks have asked if... Uh, if we can lend them uh, firearms, and I don't, I don't see a good way of doing that. So the best thing to do is, uh, if you need a firearm, is to hit up one of your buddies and ask them. Now we might be able to work it where if uh, two of you guys want to come and you're going to share uh, firearms, that we can split you guys up, have one run at the very beginning, and uh, have one run at the end, so that uh, that that first guy is back across the line in time to hand off his firearm to the next guy. Uh, I don't know if we can do that yet. I'm gonna, I'll talk to Mark about it and see if we can, but I don't see why we couldn't because it's only three and a half miles. So we should be able to, to get the get one of the guys back uh, in time to have them, them uh, hand off their rifles. Yeah, you know, I think we could probably work something like that out. And a couple of the emails I've gotten have been, uh, you know, ask, people asking about the ranges themselves, the shooting stations. Will there be someone there to help us out or help me out with, uh, you know, my gun or whatever. And uh, I have to remind them, this is a, uh, it's a biathlon. It's a competition. There's other people in line. We don't want to create a bottleneck. And the stations need to be moved uh, quickly and smoothly, safely. And once again, this, this is a competition. It's not the time to learn how to shoot out there. So you're, right. now, you know, that, you that being said, we will have to know how to use our weapons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now that being said, we will have each of the stations will have uh, a minimum of two guys there working the station. These guys will be uh, very will be qualified uh, uh, firearms uh, folks, but don't don't expect to get shooting instruction at the station uh, other than where your targets are and what you're going to have to do, you know, positions you'll have to get in or two or anything like that. But don't expect, uh, don't expect lessons on how to shoot at the shooting station. Uh, also, you, we talked about uh, the uh, uh, sponsors earlier. I also want to mention uh, Lambeau's Armory in Montgomery, Texas. Uh, because they're sponsoring us too, and uh, Lambo's it was really good about not gouging folks on uh, things like magazines. Even when the magazines, you know, we bought a, we got we got a big old stack, uh, a big box of 
uh, key mags from Lambos a couple of weeks before the craziness. And then the craziness started, and we said, oh, maybe we should get some more, but now they're going to be awfully expensive. But uh, Mark was able to order another big box of uh, P-Mags from Lambos. And Lambos was not, even though even though P-Mags went to 75 bucks a piece on Gunbroker and everywhere else, Lambos was still selling them at, uh, how much were you paying? I, I looked on the, the list, it was, it was $9.95. A, yeah, it was a Christmas special. It was 10, 10 magazines for 110 bucks. So we got yeah. quite a few. Right, and and they could have upped their price, but they didn't. Now they didn't have them in stock at the time, but they said we'll go ahead and take your order for the price that we that we said. And as soon as they come in, we'll send them to you. And uh, so I really appreciate folks like that not gouging because you can look at other places. I wanted to a bunch of gun shops and stuff to hand out uh, 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 the zombie run uh, flyers and the tickets and stuff like that and. Uh, you, you were seeing P-Mags, uh, a going price for P-Mags at the gun stores and stuff like that was 45 bucks when they should have been 10 And uh, so not everybody every, not everybody was, uh, was staying true to their prices, and that's one of the things that I really have appreciated from Lambos. And we bought... Uh, we spent quite a few... quite a bit of money there in the last year, and we really appreciate them... Uh, them uh, helping to sponsor the event. And we're hoping that, you know, this year was a, a big learning curve for us on uh, doing this and getting sponsors and stuff like that. Plus, Mark and I were talking about this uh, this last week, and that is when you're first starting out doing something like this, it's a lot harder to do things like secure sponsors and stuff like that because uh, anybody can go up and say, hey, I'm, we're doing an event and we'd like for you to sponsor us and and they go, oh, yeah, well, who are you? And we say, well, we're BattleRoadUSA.com. They go, eh, never heard of you. And uh, and uh, so it's not that easy, but uh, but we plan on having this as an annual event. Now, I don't know. I'm still a bit curious why Mark chose February, other than he said he liked the the, the absence of foliage in February. But, uh, but it was the absence Mark, of snakes. Yeah, yeah, the absence of snakes. Okay. Yeah. All right, I guess that trumps. Cause we were still talking about that. Uh, this the last time we were in some cold, wet weather, we were saying how much we were, how much we appreciated that we don't have to lay on the ground all night, all night long in an in an ambush uh, anymore because because we don't because we're civilians and uh, uh, and we still have been doing it at apple seeds. But uh, but we don't like to do it, so it kind of surprised me when Mark said, "Let's do it in February," because that's the the coldest, rainiest month of the year. <laughs> and uh, I guess that was it—the absence of snakes. Uh, that was it, and you know it's. Uh, but then again, it's Texas, and uh, Old Grunt came uh, me earlier tonight. Wanted want know if I knew what the forecast was, and well, you know it's Texas. It could be hot and dry, or cold and raining. I I don't know. Yeah, I put a, uh, I put a, uh, uh, I put a, an article on the blog about that uh, because it is Texas, and that is uh, Battle Road USA, E O C W A W K I Z D dot blogspot dot com. Okay, Battle Road USA, into the world as we know it, zombie destruction, 
www.blogspot.com. And, uh, and that's what the article, one of the things that I wrote in there, you know, only fools and Yankees try and uh, predict Texas weather. And it has been, this time of the year has been uh, uh, T-shirt and short weather and sweating uh, all the way to snow. Uh, just a couple of years ago, there was snow in February because I got photographs of it and I put them on that on the uh, the website because uh, it could be either way. So we don't know for sure. Right now, it says well, they, this is their prediction: is that the day of the run is going to be 48 degrees for the low with a high of 61, which is not bad. That means that uh, you can do the event with your gear and. Uh, and maybe a long sleeve Under Armour, and then uh, something like a, a light jacket, uh, and you should be good and not have to pop the jacket off or anything like that. You can just unzip the front and uh, to get uh, to be cooled off. So 61 is a high, 48 is a low, and it's going to be cloudy with uh, huh, this is odd, a zero percent chance of rain. I've hardly oh. ever seen zero. But zero uh, percent chance of rain. That's the forecast for that weekend. All right. So you guys, uh, you guys have no fear. And it's even a zero for Friday when uh, when the range officers are going to run. Now Thursday, the day before, we got a forty percent chance of rain. So that means it might be nice and muddy on the trail. But I've tried to prepare for that. I've tried to make sure that I've left. Uh, the cut grass and, and, and stuff down on the trail. I've tried to scrape any of the trails to the, to the mud because I don't want uh, you guys having to run on the on the bare dirt and the mud. I've tried to leave uh, uh, the tree, I mean the uh, the leaves and everything on the trail to cover it up as much as possible. When you get to a uh, uh, an obstacle or a shooting station, I've tried to make sure that I put. Uh, uh, Sand without any binder in it, you know, without any kind of clay or anything in it, so that it's so it's just uh, sand or gravel that you're stepping on instead of mud, and uh, and I think that we're I think we're going to be in good shape. We still got I still got quite a bit to do to finish up, especially on the obstacles and stuff like that. <laughs> but I've got ten days to do it in, and uh, and I I think that we're going to be good to go. So you can go to Battle Road. USA.com and take a look at the uh, at the event and then if you'd like to go ahead and go to the Eventbrite page and get registered on Eventbrite there because uh, if you want to get a T-shirt you're going to have to make sure that you register and let us know because uh, in about uh, four days you'll you'll just have to take whatever shirt we give you. Because in about four days or three days, actually, uh, I won't be able to get any other additional shirts other than the ones that, that we have. <laughs> so hurry up and get registered uh, for the event. And uh, Mark, you got uh, anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Get on the Eventbrite, uh, register, see you out there, and let's go ahead and have a good time. Okay, perfect. Hey, listen. Uh, Somebody must have been listening because they just went to Eventbrite and uh, and got a ticket. So that means that that person, let me see, that person is a, uh, let's see, where's it, extra large. Okay, he's getting a shirt. 
I'm telling you, he's getting his shirt. So, all right. Uh, I want to. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening in tonight, and uh, and we'll be back on this next Thursday. I want to thank all the folks that called in. I want to thank Ed for calling in and uh, Kaylin, and I especially like to thank my co-host Sandy because uh, he's there, ready to pull the trigger and uh, jump in and, and if there's any trouble. He's always got my back, and uh, besides that, he's just a, a dang fine guy. Wish you were closer, Sam, so you could come to the run. I'd love uh, to. And uh, yeah, say hey, say hey to all the folks there in New Mexico for me. I will. And uh, we'll talk to the rest of you guys uh, this uh, this next Thursday. Until then, God bless everybody. And uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Ed and Caitlin. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Good night, Good night, Mike.
satellites in the skies broadcasting lies Billions of people Cameras on the streets tracking who we meet And call this liberty Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.